0: hi welcome to the axiom podcast this is episode 73 and uh today we have our ceo joey brandon with us hello everybody and we also have a very special guest um special because he's been a, a great friend of me for a few years now his name is saul Pitchon, and, and saul we're so excited to have you here
1: oh thank you for the opportunity to share
0: yeah. So um, Saul, we definitely, we have a lot we want to hear from you. Um, there's, we have some listeners who they don't know your story. And so they have to hear your story. Everybody <laughs> that meets you has to hear your story. It's such a, mm-hmm. um it's truly incredible. It's inspiring. It's encouraging. And so let's start, tell us your story. Um, tell yeah. us about, you know, your mom and what she came from and then everything that, You know, has got you to this point in life and tell us a little bit about New Life Solutions as well. And then uh, we'll ask you some questions and go from there.
1: Okay. Well, you know, first of all, listeners need to know I'm in my 70s now and um, uh, just finishing out. uh, And we'll talk about succession planning. But um, uh, both my parents are Holocaust survivors Mm. and we're from Greece. I was born in Greece. And um, in a little town called Thessalonica, so there's a remnant of us around. So we're, <laughs> we are we are um, Spanish Greek Jews. Wow! And and um, uh, so long again. Long story short, uh, my my parents uh, both are from Thessaloniki. That's what the Greeks call it. And uh, after the war, they met and and they had myself and and uh, my brother. But until before that, my mother uh, ended up in Auschwitz. She was operated on, and it's a miracle that she lived. And um and uh and then secondly, it's a miracle that she had four boys, four <laughs> sons. And so, at sixteen, what happened is the the Germans came and occupied Greece for a couple of years. And by the time she was getting close to 16, they put him on trains and, and, and took him to Poland. And, um, and, and when she got off the train, uh, she had over 200 relatives. Most of them died. Mm. She said there's maybe three that lived. And when she got off the train, they separated her mother and her four sisters. And, um, she went to the quote um, work camp uh, in Auschwitz, and it was an experimental medical um, unit that they did, that they had there. And so what they were what they were doing is they were sterilizing women. Mm. Um, so here she is, barely sixteen. She finds herself on the operating table, and the Nazi doctor removes one of her ovaries ready to remove the other one, but got <laughs> <laughs> the Allied forces started bombing. They were bombing sporadically, you know Cameron. And um uh, on that day she was on the operating table. Um and when when the bomb started coming down, the doctor, um the Nazi doctor and the soldiers ran for cover and they had an imprisoned jewish doctor forcing him to do operations and they said finish her up remove the other ovary they left he looked at my mother and he goes young lady i am not going to remove that other organ Mm -hmm. but i've got to make an incision so it looks like i did so i want you to do two things one i want you to hide your cycle each month and then secondly <clears throat> remember me when you have children <laughs> and so yeah and so here we are you know i like i said i've got three brothers and um after uh, there's a lot of other things in between and and after after the war she returned back to greece and that's where she met up with my dad and we wrote her book by the way it's called uh, undaunted the tiger of ospeach okay, and it's cool. a great great a well-written book, and um, we have the possibilities of making a movie out of it as well. So wow. that we've signed uh, the book rights. So, so here we are. My mother comes uh, back to Greece and meets my dad, and uh, after five years, they decide to come to America. And you know, I've said for years. Little did I know, years later that I would be um president CEO of New Life Solutions, yeah. which is, <laughs> which is a, a ministry that helps moms choose life for their baby. And so what, what I've said for years is my mother <clears throat> survived the Holocaust of World War II, and God has me serving him in the Holocaust of abortion here in America today. Wow. So, and uh, my wife and I are in our 23rd year of, of uh, being part of this wonderful, wonderful ministry. So, I think I, I, who knew? I was a Christian psychotherapist. I didn't know I'd end up running a, a pregnancy center uh, <laughs> and when, <laughs> an organization that, that we supported um, for many reasons. One, you can see by my mother's story. And um, and and yet God God is just so full of surprises and everyone who's listening. I think that's that's number one is don't (laughs) you better have a realistic expectation because you can be going in one direction and he can be he can say this is your assignment. Everything's looking good because I went back to school, got saved. You know, went back to school at Liberty, got my master's. Worked in a psych hospital for a few years, and a um, gentleman and I started a practice, and it it God blessed it, and we thought that's what we're going to be doing for years. Then we find out, nope. God's saying, "Okay, you guys have done a great job, uh, Chris. I'm sending you over here for uh, uh, another assignment." And Saul, uh, you're going to go and take over this ministry that started in 1985. And I, I came in 1999. And we had uh, 12 people on staff. And we're at uh, uh, 50, right around 50 people with different departments, you know, different outreaches. And, and so I'm thinking, the Lord, I'm an entrepreneur. If you're Jewish, you're an entrepreneur. Okay? <laughs> all right. Put it, put it all together. Put it all together. And, and, um, and so I'm thinking we were ready after five years of being in private practice together. Because Chris and I, as I said, did inpatient work. We knew um, uh, we really knew how to to do Christian psychotherapy because we were trained by a Christian inpatient program. Okay, and we're ready to open up our our um, uh, first off uh, another city um, of uh, was to say of counseling practice. We were going to open up another counseling practice and then start adding to them, and um, and here uh, after five years, God says no. You're going to go work for the pregnancy center, and you all are going to start opening up clinics. Hmm. And so you it just it's just I'm still amazed how God can uh, just fill your heart with a, a certain business or direction. And then he'll say, OK, you know, I've uh, I've prepared you to rule and reign with me. You've learning this thing. Now I'm going to teach you some other things, because all of, as as believers, Our whole thing is God's preparing us to rule and reign with him. And all these things that we've learned business-wise and uh, our experiences and our marriages and all this, God tests us, he prepares us, and, um, and, and awakens a spirit in us to be excited about serving him. That's what it's about. And what one thinks they're going to do for many years, God can surprise you and say, okay, I'm going to put you over here. Another assignment. So it, it's been, it's been interesting. So here we are, um, uh, 23 years later and, uh, God is still full of surprises. And, uh, and when I say surprises is because, uh, in my uh, personal life, um, I was out in uh, Alaska four years ago, visiting, uh, actually I was speaking at a banquet to help them raise money uh, for their pregnancy center. And um, and um, one of the th- their donors has a, a plane, four seater plane. And we had a blast going, uh, flying and everything. I said, I'm gonna be back in two years because I was speaking on the West Coast. And uh, so I went back out there two years later and um, after being there for uh, three days, uh, the pilot, Scott, and this other gentleman, a retired radiologist, and I, we went flying. And um, we, when we went to land, it's a pontoon. It's a pontoon plane, okay? Um, we went to land. Um, the plane flipped, totally flipped over. And um, Bill did not make it. He drowned. Mm. And... <laughs> Scott and I made it out. I mean, it was a miracle because when something like that happens, usually you're trapped Hmm. and you drown. Hmm. But God saw to it that both he and I made it. I had a a broken back. I've got six fused vertebrae and two seven-inch rods. Okay, so when I go through uh, an airport, I just tell them, hey. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's going to go
1: off. Check out, check out my get yeah. the wand out and just check my back. You know, yeah. yeah. And so um, I, I remember, uh, there's so much of that story, but I re- I remember uh, when uh, I got out of the plane and um, gosh, it was 50 degree water. We mm. we were knocked unconscious and that cold water woke us up. And and um, Scott got out first, thank God, as a pilot, and um, he knocked the window out of the plane to get out. And he was closest to the surface. And if he had not done that, um, Joey, if he had not done that, I would not have been able to get out. Mm-hmm. And all I saw some I saw sunlight, and I just pushed off. I said, God, please give me enough air to get to where that light is. Mm-hmm. And when I pushed off. Scott had already gotten out and he pulled me up. And the first thing he said, he said, build it, make it, build it, and make it. And I'm thinking, build it and make what? Because you're totally confused. I didn't know we were in the accident. Mm. And so I looked around and, and I remember distinctly saying, Lord, how can you how can you have three men who love you with all our hearts and go through this? Mm can't answer that you know and 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 yet god is saying to to us what trust me trust me trust me and and you can take that um in, in different areas you can take it like here health-wise because we've drowned we've died um but how about some of the some of the folks that are listening that um they may be hurting financially right now yeah and um and, and we're, God's still saying, trust me, trust me. And so all, all these things that have happened, uh, I mean, God puts it, puts it together and, and helps us become the leaders that he wants us to be. Yeah. And that is tough. It's not always easy. And, 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 and uh, uh, how, how could you do that without the Lord's help?
0: Yeah. You know,
1: how do you run a business unless it's biblical? You know, how how do you hire people um, that uh, that don't have your values? All these things come into play. And as you you had asked me to to share, these are some of the thoughts that I've had. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so.
0: No, I appreciate that. It. It's all it's, um, you have an incredible story. I mean, most interesting man in
2: the world. We'll just go
0: <laughs> crown you right now. <laughs> oh my
1: crazy.
2: Crazy. I'm interested to hear, um, that you talked about that transition where, you know, you and your, your partner, business partner had one kind of road mapped out and, and God said, well, I got different plans. And it was interesting because just last week I was in my C12 group. And yeah. when we're doing the devotional, uh, the devotional was around this, this first James four thirteen through 17. I'll just read it real quick to give some context mm-hmm. for our reader, for our listeners. But it says, um, James is saying, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit as he's talking to, he's talking to the business people, which is kind of yeah. neat. I'd never seen it in that context before But during yeah. our discussion, it was apparent like he's talking to business people you are going to go and you're going to open this location you're going to open then you're going to open this counseling center and you're going to do another one and another one and he says uh, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring what is your life for you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes instead yeah. instead you ought to say if the lord wills we will yeah. live and do this or that yeah Uh, And so it was interesting. uh, I've had people uh, point to that verse. I have Christian brothers uh, point to that verse and say like this long range planning stuff that you guys do. Like, I I just don't subscribe to that because of this verse. And yet when you read the verse, it doesn't say don't plan. It says, if the Lord wills, then plan to do this or that. You're still supposed to plan, but it's all about your posture what did you learn, uh, during that transition where God was saying, Hey, Saul, like you thought you're going to do this. Uh, but I got over the plans. Was it, is it easy for you to wrap your head around? Were, were you like, okay, Lord, like that's, that's fine with me. Like if you will, then that's going, or was there a little bit of wrestling? And, and I'm also always interested to hear, uh, like how did your wife counsel you during that time and how did God use her to help you during that transition? Mm-hmm.
1: Good question. Yeah, I, I wrestled. Um, i had known the Lord for maybe 20 years. And um, uh, again, set on on uh, expanding and, and opening up um, counseling practices. And God says, No, this this is what you're going to do. I, I came, I came home, I spoke with the, um, the leadership at the pregnancy center. They offered that position, and um, and uh, I, I said, "Well, I'll pray about it." And here, God is is already closing us down because Chris is moving to another state, and I'm mad at Chris. I wow. said, "Chris, what are you doing? <laughs> why, why and why are you moving? We have this wonderful ministry. We have so many churches behind us. You know, uh, they're referring to us. We've hired other therapists." And uh, it, it, part of the motivation was his family inherited one square mile of property. Now listen, that's one square mile of property. That's a, a pretty big, out, big lot. Yeah. Out, oh, <laughs> big one, in, in Missouri. So he just felt that they couldn't turn that down. And, and so I, here I am, I'm, I'm upset with him because we just signed a lease and <laughs> I, I, and, and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, well, then I get this offer from the pregnancy center. And, and I said, hey, we support you, but I'm trained to be a therapist. And, and I come home and I, I tell my wife um, that they want to interview me to take over the, the ministry you know, with the 14 people or so that was there and says, let's grow it. And I said, honey, I got all this training. I don't know that that's really the case. She's counseling me now okay <laughs> so she she's saying she said look we we are donors we um, um truly believe in the pro life movement. look at your mom's story <laughs> and and she is very um uh, my wife uh, Terry is very transparent she's had an abortion in her past, and she's saying, well, you know, we put all that together and <laughs> so it looks like the Lord is telling us something. He's telling us something. So, oh, here, Mister Know It All, I haven't <laughs> thought about all these little, all these things, putting it all together. And she is so wise. She says, "Now, I want you to, you, you know." She said in a very, very kind way. She says, um, "You need to go. We need to pray about it." He said, "But you really need to go and pray." So, I've, I've made. Uh, over the years i've um I've learned that any major decision obviously number one you know you talk with your spouse, but the other is you fast so I fasted for three days and and um try <laughs> try my best to seek the lord and and that's a I learned that from our church a countryside christian stuff and and that's something that we leave out a lot of times and especially As business owners and leaders, you know, we need to fast so we can hear what God is truly saying to us. And so uh, I went kicking and screaming. (laughs) I'm just going to tell you. And so that was that was um, uh, in uh, September of uh, 98. And uh, they interviewed a few other people and they offered me the position. So January of 99, I start. Um, you got to see that you got to envision this. We had a beautiful suite of offices. We we had therapists working um, there with us and, and um, uh, a, a very good reputation within the community. And so we leave that and. The main office is 800 square foot with shag carpeting that still (laughs) smelled musty. Okay, and I'm going, oh Lord! And and so I go into um, the the uh, the former uh, presidency as office. uh, Raúl, just a wonderful man of God, and he'd been there 12 years. And I go in his office, and I'm sitting there. No windows, okay. No windows. I had huge <laughs> windows, and I said, "Lord, <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm I'm yours." You know, years earlier, I had um, committed to um, the scripture uh, that uh, we've been crucified with Christ. We no longer live; it's Christ who lives in us, hmm. and so that we are. Um, sold out on on the Lord. And we're his ambassadors, we're his army. And if he says, this is where I want you to serve me, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. And so I spent three weeks uh, going through the file cabinet and the focus is raising awareness and monies for this ministry in order to grow it and save more innocent children from being aborted and to help lead their moms to Christ. So over the years, there have been over 10,000 babies saved. And um, gosh, it's getting uh, 9,000 or so or more um, uh, women who have given their hearts to the Lord, uh, teenagers, um, men, and uh, outreach to the high schools and middle schools, all these things that I never never even dreamed of because i'm over here uh thinking about doing psychotherapy you know <laughs> right. god said this is what you're going to do and again you learn to be real flexible oh. just real flexible and and so uh from there on uh little by little um the the lord uh show us how uh, to expand and to do it biblically um and uh Gosh, the first thing that happened, just real quickly, the first thing that happened is I didn't know that right down the street from where that 800-square-foot office was was a pharmacy building, 3,500-square-foot pharmacy, um, that the owners had passed away, and um, uh, one of his adult kids was very pro-life and was a donor. And they donated that building to us. Wow. So I didn't even know. I didn't <laughs> even know that. Hey, here's this uh, building right down the road that's being refurbished. And when I saw it, I mean, it's just as nice as where we came from. <laughs> it's a no-shag carpet. <laughs> no-shag carpet. Wow. <laughs> thank, thank you, God, for tile. Okay? <laughs> so, so, you know, there again, God is just so full of surprises that if we'll do um, even if we're kicking and screaming, um, if we'll do what he's asking us to do and um, and hold on to that scripture, you know, that that um, his calling, his calling is is good for all of us. uh, That's all of us. And so, boy, your question about your wife being involved talking to her absolutely and i don't know if there was another part of that for that question that i did not answer joey
2: i'm interested in i want to kind of rewind uh we have never talked about this subject on the podcast but you you bring up fasting yes and uh and obviously there's a there's a long kind of biblical like heritage of of fasting for for different reasons, and and nowadays we hear more, most about it when like seeking counsel and and uh, direction from the Lord. And so, I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on like what is it about fasting that uh, you know psychologically, um, physically uh, allows you to um, to hear from the Lord, and 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 then your specific case. I kind of like to hear. Uh, when God was affirming that this is the move He wanted you to make, was it just like uh he wasn't telling you he was going to take it away, or was there a point where you came out of uh, out of that time of fasting and prayer and you just felt like 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 he just said, yes, this is what I want you to do, and you're like perfect or or was it uh what what was it
1: Oh yeah uh, yeah I, I tell you what it was not right away no, I fasted those three days still hungry <laughs> and, and and having sought the Lord and counsel uh, uh, beside uh, my wife, Terry and, and others. And um, I, I struggled for me. I mean, I'm being very tr- honest and transparent because that's what I would want, you know, you to do for me. Um, I struggled right until January, right until January. And, and uh, what I did, um, you know, fast forward to, to January when I started, I spent three weeks looking up names of our donors. And I said, well, what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna go out and meet them one-on-one and them to get to know me, and um for me to get to know them and what's um what's uh, in their heart, why why are they supporting this organization? Hmm. And and so it was little by little, Joey, as I'm meeting these meeting these um, many business owners, okay, we've really been blessed by having a number of business owners who have partnered with us over the years, corporate sponsors and all that. Mm-hmm. And and little by little, as I'm, <laughs> I'm meeting them and getting to know their heart, uh, my heart's softening. You know, so. it's softening. And um, I would say, really – uh, it still took a few months for me to be able to let go. Because remember, I, I, I got saved later. I went to get my master's later. It was not easy for me. Other people, it depends on personalities. And we won't get into that right now as a psychotherapist. But <laughs> some, people, some, some people's personalities, they can let something go quicker than other people's. Okay? Your high D can let it go. The, the the S with some of the other personalities have a hard time. So here again, it was big. See, it's it, because you you bond, you you get attached. Um, I think God has put that in us that here uh, we have a business of some sort or or whatever it may be, and we get we get um, we're all in. That's where that's what we're supposed to do. I think mean, that's biblical. I think mean, that's he's saying all in. You be all in, and when God says okay, now I'm gonna um, we're gonna uh, go 180 degrees over here. Um, I like diversity, but I like some time for for the change. So no, it was not right away, uh, but once um, once it connected. I started getting more and more of a peace, and as I know, it had to start back with with the fasting, because what fasting does, uh, obviously, you're you're um, uh, giving up your right to to eat. Yeah, you know, and some people can't fast uh, certain things, but but um, just allowing yourself to uh, focus on God's word. And and look up scriptures um, in in that arena. And um, for me, I've I've I pray a lot, but you know, um, not on my knees all the time. But I pray a lot, and I'm talking to the Lord throughout the day. You know And um, then we need to look at things. Sometimes, sometimes you can be behind a, a car, and you got some scripture looking back at you. You know, you, you, God talks to us in so many different ways, uh,
2: so many different ways. I, I really appreciate your perspective. It makes me, it makes me, it, it reassures me because, uh, we all hear, um, stories with our friends, people we look up to, uh, colleagues and, uh, and they, they, they walk out their front door and they see like the proverbial bush, you know, <laughs> like <they're> burning <laughs> and, you know, and God is saying, this is what I want you to do. Yeah. Um, uh, I tend to be a little bit more deliberate um, and, and maybe a little bit more cautious. And uh, your your three week period, uh the the verse that comes to the the, the scriptural principle, it comes to you is all the verses on like wait on the Lord. Yeah. And, like that waiting, I think is undersold a lot. Uh mm-hmm. and and Christian circles because it's not sexy. It's not the burning bush. It's not the, the mandate that the accomplished business leader gets, you know, that, that <laughs> changes everything in an instant. It's more of, uh, of submit being submissive. Yeah. And like not only, not only is it what, not only am I going to submit myself to what you want me to do, I'm going to sub- submit myself to your timing. So when you tell me what you want me to do, then I will. So I, I, I'm very encouraged by your three weeks and the slow burn uh, of changing your heart, you know, and it's kind of like, I mean, potentially that's what God knew needed to happen. Yeah. Uh, your, your heart needed to change. Yeah. And during that three weeks, he brought the people in, into your life and gave you the, the direction to seek them out, uh, so yeah. that they could do that. That's a really neat, neat transition. Uh, I'm, I'm also curious when you think about, um, you know why God did that, or or let's say not why God did that, but let's say that um, you you alluded to a, a principle earlier that He's preparing you for the things that He wants you to do, and He's using the yeah. things in your life to prepare you. Where do you see uh, your earlier experience as the you know the entrepreneur and the psychotherapist and the the business partner who was charging ahead? Uh, did it become evident into your your tenure? at the pregnancy center that those were just things God had been using and cultivating in you for the role there. And how did those show up?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All the, all these quote life experiences, um, from, uh, for me, I worked at all state insurance after I got out of the military and school, um, working in a big corporate corporate, uh, uh, setting, I said I don't want to be in that big corporate setting again. <laughs> okay. I was I was mid management, and and I learned a lot. I mean, I I I owe a lot to um, um, Allstate and other people who worked at you know uh, at other large corporations, and then go go on and I know you've got listeners there that have worked for uh, big companies or larger companies, and and um, um, you you take the good. From that, So it prepared me, yeah, prepared me to know what I want, the type of environment that I want to create as a leader, and the type I do not want to, to have uh, uh, in our, on our leadership team. Like, I don't like to be micromanaged. Most people don't. But there's some people, that's just the way they are. Well, you got to learn to hire the right kind of people, or you're going to run your people off. And so uh, that you know that's that's one thing. But the other the other areas, you know, uh, especially having been in private practice as a as a counselor, uh, you meet a lot of personalities, and uh, that was a huge huge eye opener for me, Joey. Especially um, having worked in in a hospital setting for those three years, and and you're talking about um, there's very few quote crazy people, okay. And this was a Christ-centered uh, inpatient program and and a and a um, intense outpatient program as well. But but you you learned that there's believers out there and leaders because we we ministered to pastors, ministry people, um, ministry of wives, kids, all that who become suicidal. That's mm-hmm. who we ministered to, wow. and and these many of them are mature, but they lost hope. They lost hope and and what was the reason and and you want to help them see that you just can't throw scripture at people you've got to help them get a little bit a little bit deeper and again as those who are listening that are leaders um man that's the key word is listen hmm. listen and um and i i found that uh, it, it's not necessarily these people have um Their faith is is weak or poor. Uh, They have allowed a certain set of events or an event to overwhelm them. They take their eyes off the Lord and become hopeless. And then what happens when you become hopeless? See, you you operate out of what? Fear. You operate out of fear. And um, God did not give us the spirit of fear but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now we all know that scripture, um, but that's why, that's why, you know, all these, all these experiences that all of us that are on, on, on today, um, God wants to bring those together that we would learn from them. And as, as we uh, hear other people's testimonies, that we would learn more. You know, we got to have, we got to set margins. We 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 we've got to um, uh, uh, make sure that uh, toxic people um, aren't in your setting. If they are, you need to do something about it. Um, unfortunately, there's toxic people within our own families, so you have to set boundaries with them. And so there's boundaries. There's so many things that, that um, our life, uh, just our, our, our life experiences, God is saying, okay, learn from this, learn from that, learn from this. And, and now I'm, I'm going to put you in a position of leadership. You set, you set the culture. And that's a key word. Uh, we set a culture. At at uh, New Life Solutions, that um, that the God is first, people second, and um, uh, the you know, the, uh, uh, the third is is your is your um, program, okay? And sometimes we get those way off yeah. that we forget God has to be the center of our decisions. And uh, if we're not careful, and I've messed up so many times, where I know this is what worked at Allstate. I know this is what worked in our private practice. And so, hey, we've got the situation. Let's go. Well, we forgot to pray. (laughs) Pray. We forgot to pray. And, 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 And you, you know, we know that God can say, yes, do it this way one time. And then you have a similar situation. We still need to seek the Lord. Hmm. So we we tried our best to um, uh, again uh, create a culture, a culture of life, God's first, people second, programs third. Okay, in that order, and I think that really helped us bond as staff, and as a wonderful board of directors, and with our donor base because they could see. That um, we weren't perfect, we aren't perfect, but we put our priorities uh, biblically, yeah. You know? And again, as Cameron was it was uh, sharing with me, he says, "You know, how do we? Yeah, you know, let's just get talk about some insights on how do you build your business biblically, hmm. and um, and there is there a formula? I mean, there's there's principles and all that, but it's not the same." It's You don't do it the same way every time, (laughs) (laughs) do you?
2: That's interesting. When you were in 19, your experiences of 1998, 99, where you're rocking and rolling in in the California center world and you've built a team. So you've got, it's not just you and your business partner. There's other people that you guys have enlisted to pursue your vision. And then that chapter closes. Tell us about what did the team look like when you started uh, at new life solutions and, When you, when you looked at, I'm I'm presuming that the team, when you got to new life solutions was smaller, not as well developed as the one that you you had developed. Right. So when you, when you're looking at the task in front of you and you're saying, okay, like I've done this before, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be building a team over the next several years. Mm -hmm. um, Did that. First time versus second time difference. You know, was God having you do it a different way the second time, or were there things that you had you you went into the second time saying, "Well, i I know what not to do," right? So, like for the for the business owners who are listening out there, and they're facing this challenge of, "I got to build a team." Talk to us about the transition between the, the counseling centers and and New Life Solutions and what yeah, that.
1: yeah. Well, we learned we learn by um, you know some mistakes that we made with the Counseling Center. Again, hiring the right kind of person, okay? And, <coughs> um, and going over to the Pregnancy Center, uh, now we're, we're talking about a, a different product, if you will, okay? Counseling Center, people are coming in, they're paying for your services, and they want help, marriage, uh, depression, whatever it may be, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, come over to the Pregnancy Center, and what we provide is a, a free service, and a lot of these people don't want our service. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want our service, <laughs> so we've got a market to get them in. To at that time we had we had um, uh, one one um, our, our major clinic and then uh, a smaller one, and so we had a market to get them in. Now staffing wise. Oh my goodness! Let me share this with you all. <laughs> we we went from um, uh, you know Allstate, which is huge, to what I'd learned, you know, from the inpatient um, world, and and then having our own private practice, um, and to the pregnancy center side, that was a mom and pop organization. Mm-hmm. They didn't think business. See, and and if you're going to have a successful um, ministry, organization, whatever, uh, you've got to run it like a business or you're not going to have money Mm -hmm. to offer these services. That Mm -hmm. makes sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so my goodness, Joe, your question is right on because we, there was a staff of 14 and these are um, individuals that uh, are used to being in a small, non corporate setting, and um, people, uh, you know, the, the pace is slower, and they're not looking at the big picture. Okay, I come along, and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, we've got to have really increase the marketing. We got to get more people in our doors, so more babies can be saved, and all that. And um, your fearless leader here, that's talking. Um, by the end of the first year, we lost two people because I was too corporate. <laughs> and and um, and and what I was asking for is um, metrics. Hmm. I was just asking how many how many people. Let's let's uh, make sure that we have record of how many people come in each month. How many times we share the gospel, <clears throat> set a goal, set a goal for how many babies we want saved that month and how many salvations. Well, that turned everything upside down. Hmm. They go, You can't do that. <laughs> and I'm saying, why not? You've got to set goals. Yeah. So 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 you can that's what God would have us do. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, numbers are important. And I always said, if numbers wasn't important, why is there a book in the Bible called Numbers? <laughs> so so you know, I'm coming in with a little bit different language. So two wonderful people left because, of, you know, of, uh, uh, because of, of the things that I know what I had learned from my previous experience to grow that ministry and not just to grow in numbers. Is to grow in people, and salvations, and all these things, and so uh, running running uh, your your ministry or your business biblically. Some Christians just believe that that's that's just too much. You know, it's um, uh, asking for um, uh, for these goals, uh, you know, for these things to be set and all that. Some some Christians have a hard time with that, mm-hmm. but you know. I know that there's scripture that that will talk about that. I mean, look at the, you know, like I said, um, Acts, Book of Acts. Man, the numbers are in there. How many got saved? There was 120 in that room that night. Why are these numbers in there? You know, and, and, uh, and again, you don't, you don't um, live off the glory of number, but you're seeing growth. Mm-hmm. Well, Christianity has grown. Hmm. All over the world, not as quickly as we'd like to, but so so we started we started making these changes. And uh, as I hired people, I, I preferred to hire people with degrees, okay, because they've got some experience. They've they've shown uh, that they are um, able to uh, finish something. You know uh, that they've got they've got that background. And so I, I think that's helped a lot. Everyone doesn't have to have a degree, but it tells me something. Mm-hmm. And um, so that whenever we'd hire people, the number one thing is how, the, how much do they love the Lord? That's number one, got to love the Lord with all their heart. But number two is there um, we, we set up a, uh, a job description. And we do the personality evaluator to make sure that let let's say that job description um, uh, needs to, that job needs to be filled by someone who's detailed. you do a personality evaluator on a, on an applicant and they are outgoing they're all over the place. That's not the person you want to hire right but you got to use tools well they got upset with me using tools and so now they all know. How to use that tool, and we even taught it to our clients, so they get to know who they are hmm. who we are, who they are in the lord hmm. so uh, there was a transition big transition from when you go from mom and pop to midsize and um, and we are blessed you know we're one of the larger pregnancy centers in the nation, and yet we're not all that big you know so um, you bring you bring your you know, you, you bring all that knowledge with you, but you're sensitive to the type of people, you know, and, and, and I try to be, and Charles is the same way, because um, he's more of a, um, uh, I am more of an outgoing person, and, and he is um, able to put all operations person, and, and that really helped
2: us, Grow more. So Charles is your successor. He's your life solutions. Correct. So that's a great segue into succession. Uh yeah. you, you had a 20-year run, uh, but you didn't decide at uh like 19 years, 355 days in the position. <laughs> okay, I need to, you know, we need somebody else here. <laughs> so um I I'd love to hear the story of the succession. How yeah. Early did you start thinking about that? Why did you start thinking that? And what did the process look like?
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, um, about uh, 20 years in, 18 years in, I'm, I'm burning out. <laughs> you know, uh, it's another thing. A lot of times in ministries, they, um, the, you're not given a whole lot of vacation time or downtime, you know. So uh, 18 years in, I'm saying to the board, okay, we got to start praying for my successor. And, um, I don't think they took it. They didn't take it seriously because things were going, going you know, forward and growing and everything. Right. Yeah. And, um, uh, then I, I went back to them about a year or so later. I said, look, um, I am burning out. We need to start praying. And that's what started doing. That's what, um, started making the changes. Everyone started praying. And we had spoken with Charles, um, a few years earlier, about two or two years or so earlier, um, I wanted to bring him on as our operations person, and maybe he could be the one who would take over. And um, the board came back to me and said, we don't have the money. <laughs> we don't have the money. Now, if it were my my business, I'd say, I'll borrow the money. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'll borrow the money, do But they... Yeah. Hey, they um, uh, the boards are responsible for financial, you know, fiduciary. They are responsible to make sure that that ministry is solvent and stays that way. So I look back. God was right again because um, things were a little tight going. okay, but a little tight. And uh, Charles, you know, he he was gaining more experience. Uh, if with a, another large firm and um and and so when when we uh, uh, went to pray, uh, we interviewed a few different people, and he was on that list and when the board said um, when we all prayed and and fasted and everyone got a release, that was the right timing. See timing is everything yeah. Yeah. <laughs> leadership. It is everything? I mean, all these factors, and you going, God, I don't know how how I can run this thing biblically if I don't have this or this or that. And God says, Trust me, trust me. You know, in a Jewish, in a Jewish, um, um, in my Jewish background, uh, one of my first scriptures that I memorized was um, Proverbs three, five, and six. You know, trust the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths, right? The Jewish version is, don't do it your way, do it Yahweh's. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>
0: <laughs> so,
1: so you know, that's, that's what I've, I've had to learn to do. And I think all of us, again, everyone on here, you know, we never reach <laughs> total, total maturity in, in the Lord and everything else. It's a, it's a quest. You know, it's, um, but that's, that's what happened. And so three years out, um, we brought him on and I, and I said, look, um, to the board, I said, I'm, I'm 72 years old. I want to stay till I'm 75. I still feel like I've got a lot left in me. And would you be willing to keep me on? And as vice president of, of, um, church, and community um, outreach, okay? Um, And we'll let Charles tighten things up because that's what we needed to do. Visionaries like me, we just stir up the water, all right? We stir things up. But then you better have the right people who are going to tighten things up, right? And so it worked out well. The board was in agreement. And so those three years are up right now. Wow. So we, um, so uh, it's it's worked out wonderfully, and uh, the ministry is is better off. Uh, we've got some money in the bank, and um, we're ready to move on. I am. Um, uh, we're announcing you know, at our benefit dinner. I think we announced it via uh, mail and email that I'm retiring this year. But I'm retiring from the ministry, and uh, if God gives me enough good health. um, I'd like to work with some of the churches in in our community and get them to be more unified in the pro-life movement.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So I want to go back and, and talk for a minute about you staying on board after, yep. you know, passing that CEO, but Thomas, cause that's rare. Like we, we, yeah. we rarely see that. And so tell us more about what that was like. Was that difficult for you? Was there, did you battle with the, no Charles, don't do it that way. Do it this way. Or yeah. <laughs> was it easy yeah. for you to let go? <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and again, a, a great question. And so what I what I did is <clears throat> the first year, okay. He's, he came on in August of 2018 and, and I said, this is what we're going to do, because um, he knows a lot about operations. But I took him out for, the, for six months. We went out and I introduced him to the various churches, to the various donors, to various businesses. And they, it, it's like um, starting that baton, right? Handing off the baton to him. But if you just leave, think about this. You just leave and that new person doesn't even know your mega donors, your major donors. Uh, if, if you're um, a business out there that uh, has suppliers that you've done business with, but the new people don't really know them. So, again, I think I've learned from what I've observed in other places. And I said, this is what we'll do. So we spent many hours together in those six months to avoid what many succession plans um, have problems with. So in those months, we had the walk for life. We had the benefit dinner. We had many one-on-ones. We had special uh, um, lunches and everything. And so within that, those that month, that, that six months, and really within that first year, uh, a lot of our key people got to know him. And and so when when, uh, when that time was up, I said, okay, um, <laughs> I said, Charles, <clears throat> I'm going out into the field. You will not see me. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have introduced you to our key players, key people, and now I've got to get out and we've got to raise more money. And so that, again, that's been my my focus and, the, and some of the gifting that God has given me. And uh, we have worked so well together. And I didn't um, impede him in any way. Hmm. I can't think of any time. And, and he did, he um, had the freedom to go ahead and make the changes that needed to be made. And I agreed with probably 90%, 95% of them. Hmm. You know, Joey, I did. And, and those that I may not have agreed with, I think maybe one, maybe twice in the past three years that I said, hey, can we sit down and talk? Now, that's that's unusual because yes. um, he has uh, he, he loves the Lord and we're both wanting the best for the ministry. And if it's a business, you want the best for the business. And and so I one of our donors, I mean, a good example, um, he. He sold his business for I don't know how many millions, and they asked him to stay on, and um, just kind of oversee things. Well, they have, and they're not saying there's two of them I can think of. They're not saying they're not saying a whole lot, and and yet some of these both those businesses, one of them in particular, is going to be a lot of changes because a larger corporation bought them. They did away with the chaplaincy. OK, that that's like C-12 always promotes chaplains.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, they did away with them. And so they're seeing some changes, but they're not they're not saying a whole lot. And with us, with Charles and I, we're both very pro-life. We've both been involved with our churches for over 30 years. We know what um, this ministry, how it works best. And you got to swallow your pride. I mean humble, <laughs> you, you you know, you remain humble. I, I, I know he doesn't always agree with um some of the things I may say or or um uh or share, you know, because I'm vocal, I'm verbal, I'm demonstrative, and um and he's such a gentleman about it, and vice versa, you know. So that's how we've done
2: it. I mean, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I got a million questions. Uh, you'll just have to <laughs> shut me up, or we'll be here till dinner time. But I'm, I, okay. we, we have some friends. I have some some friends that I know listen, and they are in the nonprofit arena. Um, and so I'd I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you to talk about uh, that relationship between you as the the CEO of an organization responsible for carrying out its mandate and and its success. Uh, But at the same time, uh, not owning the stock, it's not your company. You have, Mm -hmm. there's no way for you to gain or profit from any asset that you might be putting to use. And you serve at the pleasure of a group of people. And, you know, if, if, I, I've seen plenty of cases where, you know, I think I'm dysfunctional until I sit down in a committee and then I realize a group can be way more dysfunctional than, than I can be. Um, and, and it can be tough. I know from, from them sharing experiences, I know from serving on boards uh, I, I can imagine there's a lot of, you know, between a rock and a hard places that CEOs of nonprofits uh, work. So how did you, how did you navigate the change? how did you wrap your head around it? Uh, how'd you see the board change during your 20 years, mm-hmm. and um, and what advice would you give to to uh, other nonprofit CEOs with with respect to that? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I totally agree. That's a good, uh, excellent question because I had to do that. Remember, we were a mom and pop organization when I when I came, yeah. and um, a lot of the board members were also mom and pop in their thinking. Mm-hmm. So, one of the first things I did, um again I'm being candid, <laughs> okay uh some of us uh, we didn't have a big staff, but some of us knew who who were healthy and good for the ministry on our board and so uh, and others weren't. Mm-hmm. so we prayed people on and prayed people off. <laughs> 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 and I'm serious. Yeah. I'm not just, stopped. hey, biblical biblical um, way of doing things. Hey, um, so if I had this vision of having multiple clinics and some of the board members, wonderful group of people, um, but they didn't have that vision mm-hmm. and they weren't capable of it. And so uh, just as we, we lost two staff members, uh, some of the board members started coming off, and I replaced them with uh, business-minded people. Mm. Okay, number one, they had to be business-minded. Uh, male, female. Um, we wanted an attorney, a um, CPA, and a doctor. Minimum, mm. we wanted we wanted business owners. And uh, uh, CEOs, whether they you know they own the business or not. But see the leadership. You want leaders on your board who have who have a history of success. I'm gonna tell you that, that's huge. Yeah. That is huge. And I've gone all over the country when I speak at conferences. I used to. my My health is kind of keeping me at home these days. But I would say, a big part of what keeps a pregnancy center from growing is who the board, the board, board. they don't have enough vision. They don't have enough vision because you can only go so far as how much knowledge you have. That's why I said, Hey, three, four, five years ago, I said, I I've taken the ministry as far as I can take it. Mm -hmm. We need to have someone in this other capacity. And then we would just have a development department who, because who, um, I was a development department. And so we'd have a separate development department that you'd have multiple people out building relationships. The funds would come in that way, but you've got to have an operations person, a good president, CEO, that is going to be the face of the ministry and make sure things are, are run well. Very well. In fact, excellent. Okay. And so uh, the board is so, so important. So we, uh, 20 years later, there's uh, one, two people on the board, very special people um, that want one, one to you know, help start the ministry. And they're very progressive, very progressive, very successful. And um, he is more like a consultant. Than anything else and he um, and he's really good um, very very knowledgeable and so what we've done is we've hired other not hired but brought on uh, I think we have um, 11 people on our board and again we have a, a construction a commercial construction and it's the wife who is on our board because she's she's really Organized and sharp, and um, so you've got these different um, occupations that are well represented, mm-hmm. and they help us with some of the decisions. Um, I what's so what's so good is that the board uh, on nonprofits and and uh, Joe, you were talking about this. Um, they they hire. That president and CEO to do day to day, so that president and CEO is there to hire and fire and and replace whatever it may be to and, and run that day to day. The board's not to get into minutia, okay? And that's another problem with some boards. You know, they get in they get into the small stuff um, and start um, uh, start interfering with the way that um, that president and CEO is um, leading. So those are, those are some of the things, but the board, absolutely. And, and that I would just tell you once again, if you're not growing, it's because there's a lack of vision. And most of the time, not, it doesn't just come from the president and CEO. Mm-hmm. It comes from a lack of vision from the board.
2: It's interesting how uh, if you think about a high functioning nonprofit organizational structure, uh, it has these tremendous advantages, Uh, but there's a, there's a few checkboxes that you got to tick. Like you have to have a visionary CEO, right? So when you were, uh, going through the process of praying some people off and praying other people on, you're looking for people who are saying, um, you're, I would imagine you're sitting down with those folks and saying, I'd like you to consider joining our board. Here's my vision. And if that vision resonates with them, they say yes. Uh, but the other thing that I really appreciated about your comments was looking for business-minded people who have a history of success. Yes, Because in the absence of that, what you could wind up with is people who simply, they do believe in your vision. They are 100% on board with your vision, but they don't have a body of experience to push back on you during the strategic execution of that. And you can wind up with a board that just rubber stamps everything that's coming your way. And now you're lost because, well, what I really need is the counsel of some really smart, sharp people uh, to point out the blind spots and the things that I can't see um yes. but it does require um and, but, so, and now here's the flip side of that so i i've recruited this board this very high functioning board uh they are all on board with my vision uh but man sometimes they're tough <laughs> like sometimes yeah. they sometimes oh, yeah. they tell me i can't hire the uh <laughs> this the operations manager sometimes they tell me that i can't do this and um and being able to put yourself in a a position where you could submit so it I would like to switch gears now for a second and say, okay, now take off the, the nonprofit CEO hat, put on the business owner hat and business owners, uh, most small business owners, especially the mom and pop groups, but even we get into businesses that uh, 30, 40, 50 million dollars, um, mm-hmm. there's no there's no equivalent of a board of directors, there's no equivalent of mm-hmm. a board of advisors. So how would you counsel them? Um, like what is their, what are their options and, and maybe what have you seen in, in your years of experience with bus- different business owners who are, are high functioning and how are they managing that to make sure that they have people that they're accountable to?
1: Yeah. Um, well, first of all, let me back up just, uh, for a moment. And that is <clears throat> I'll, I'm out in the community a great deal. And so I can, um, uh, spot and spend time with with that potential board member and I bring, I bring, you know, I screen them. And then I bring them to the board and the board hires them, mm. okay? I don't hire them. And that's the way the the nonprofits work or they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And, and so I work, I work for the board. They can hire, fire me, but then to bring someone on they have to agree to it because, again, they got their culture, that uh, board culture and <clears throat> making sure that that person is going to fit within that culture. You know, um, I-, I can tell you that there's been a few um, board members that have come on that, um, you know, neither of us vetted enough because not everyone is geared to be a board member. I mean <laughs> especially especially entrepreneurs um, who tend to be narcissistic. Okay, let's be real. All right. <laughs> break,
2: break it down for us all. Don't don't yeah, man. oh yeah.
1: And and so so they <clears throat> they're not good committee people, they're not good board people. They just want to tell you what to do. And most of the time they may be right, but yeah, you know, uh, a board is made up of of uh, individuals where your your focus is to um, uh, fulfill fulfill the the mission of of that ministry. So, like our our mission is protect the unborn, share the gospel, and transform our community one life at a time. That's our mission statement. Okay. Okay, protect protect the unborn. Share the gospel. Um, trans, transform our community one life at a time. And and underneath that is fiduciary, making sure once again that that ministry is going to remain solvent. Uh, is solvent. And and so some of these some of these others. Let's say let's say um, uh, you've got the. People start their own business. It's growing, but they don't have a board, mm-hmm. okay? Biblically, I think I think we can look up some scripture. I don't have it right here in front of me, <laughs> that you would uh, provide wise counsel. Doesn't it say something about Proverbs that seek the counsel of others? Well, why don't you put together uh, a group of uh, men and women it uh, doesn't have to be big. It could be five people. It could be three. You don't want it real big. And and that you would get their input. And again, I'm going to tell you something. My criteria would be they would have to be individuals who have a track record. They know how to make things happen. They're successful. They uh, love the Lord. So they're going to try their best to do things biblically. And they're going to call you on it. See, those, those are the things that you want to do on um, uh, having your own business. But let's say, you know, let's say you have, um, you know, again, a number of people who are listening and they're, they're in that position. They may not own the business, but they may be present, CEO or whatever. And they would like to have um, some folks that they can rely on and get feedback. Wow, they could do that. And, and again, and you
0: pick it, you pick mm-hmm. who you want on there. Yeah, that's, that's good. It's all, I know we're, uh, we're getting close to time here. I want to ask you yeah. two more questions and then we'll wrap sure. up the, the first question, you know, for a CEO that's listening and they're contemplating succession in the near future. Yes. Tell us more, what was that feeling like for you? once you passed off the CEO baton, was it like a release of like, wow, this like, I'm free. Or was it a little bit of like, am I sure I'm doing the right thing? You know, so yeah. walk us through yeah. that for a minute.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think there were some mixed feelings. You know, uh, Charles was voted on uh, at a board meeting in May of 2018. Really. I just knew in my spirit that he was the right person. Okay. Uh, then. uh, uh June. Let's see. August first, he he started um, officially, and um, I said, "Wow, you know, this is this is real. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening." And and um, what helped me is that the ministry allowed me to stay on, mm. and I was able to uh, continue helping the ministry grow. You know, in in the area that I've always loved, uh, that's why it's been a win win for us. Yeah. I know not all companies can do that. Yeah, okay? so that's that's one thing. The other thing is, um, I love I love Mark Batterson. He's a, he's an author. I love the books he's written, All In, and some of these others. His his definition of success successful succession planning is handing the baton to those who come behind us and cheering them on as they run farther and faster than we did. (laughs) That's good. Great definition. Yeah. Great definition. And so when you're, you know, when you're in this position, um, there's a lot of emotion. I mean, there is, especially when you've been, you know, part of this ministry for all these years and you've seen oh my goodness seen miracles mm. and you've seen the uh the uh community get behind you know get behind the ministry and um i guess i get cheerful no i am <laughs> tearful. <laughs> yeah. i'm tearful, but cheerful <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and you know to see to see all that happen and praying praying that it will not only stay um, solvent, but go way beyond way beyond what we have built yeah you know under under new leadership and uh, and it's time, just like it was time for me to come you know those those years earlier, and um, I am you know their number one fan hmm. and so so that's that's uh it's a big part, but there are a lot of emotions. Um, I can't imagine, to be honest with you, um, for me to have left. Just to have left. Uh, because uh, those months that Charles and I were together, my goodness, got to introduce him to to the donors who are going to help with the succession planning, right? Yeah. They're the ones who are providing the, the funding, Uh, So we can go out and do what God's called us to do.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah. No, that's amazing. And and, uh, I love how much you care. I mean, it's just, it's evident in the way you talk about the ministry and Charles and the team and the board. And uh, so it's encouraging for Joey and I to, you know, listen to your story, listen to you talk about it. I'll, I'll tell a quick story. Um, and then, yep. and then I just want to ask you if you have any, um, you know, kind of parting words of wisdom for us before we get off the call, I'll give you, you know, one more chance to share something. But I think, so I believe it is, we met was probably three or four years ago and, um, and it was through, I was with NCF at the time and, and we met and when yeah. I met you, you were, it was actually at a, uh, uh, mission increase. In yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and so we were, yeah. we were talking. And you came up to me and, and you, you just started asking me all about myself, tons of questions. Like I could not get a question in on you. You're What's your wife's name? Where are you from? Where do you live? What do you do? And you were so interested. And I remember leaving there and I went back to my company and, you know, I was like, "Hey, I met Saul," and everybody's like, "Yeah, we know Saul. Like everybody knows Saul." And so, <laughs> you know, I thought I met this cool new guy, but they're like, "No, everybody in Tampa knows Saul." And um, and I was like, "Well, yeah, he was he was really nice, you know, really great." But it must have been a month or two later that I I bumped into you, and I can't remember what event that was at, but I I remember you came up to me and you said, "How's Chailey doing?" And to me, that was like, like "Whoa!" Like my wife is very. Different name and not many people remember it. And, and you me <laughs> how my wife would do it. and that intentionality. I was like, I love this guy. He's incredible. Like how <laughs> <kind> <laughs> he is. And so um, so I'm just a huge fan of you, Saul. And I know Joey is <laughs> thank you. time spending with you. But yeah, I want to hand the mic over to you one more time. Any, you know, <laughs> kind of lasting words um on this podcast before we hop off. Sure. Well, I, <clears throat> um,
1: thank you for sharing that story. I think we Number one, we need to um, show interest in the other person. Don't talk about yourself. Don't talk about your company, except when it's appropriate. You People buy from people. They like you, they'll buy your product. They'll use your services. That's thing And if they like you, they're going to support you and your ministry, if you're doing ministry. but. Number one, last thing I'll share is number one, um, the culture that we create is the most important thing to to um, have
2: um, uh, uh, success in in in
1: whatever endeavor that you have. You've got to set the right culture and you can you can be a a three person company, one person company. You're the one who sets the culture. Mm. You can't blame on anybody else. You said it. So culture is number one. And under the culture, how's that culture um, based on? What's it based on? That the Lord is the foundation. And then you break it down with prayer, fasting, those things. Number two, people before programs. Okay? You put those principles together. And love on, love on your people, uh, do everything, you know, with excellence and, and all that. Um, um, there'll be success. And if it's not, God's got something else better for you.
0: (laughs) No, I I love that. Uh, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh, we appreciate that. Saul. That's good. And, um, Hey, go ahead, Joey. You don't want to cut you off
2: there. uh, I can't say enough. Um, thanks for, for joining us. Um, Um, I feel like we could go, I could personally go another couple of hours. We should do a podcast series. (laughs) Um, But I I do, I appreciate your heart. Um, I appreciate the emotion. God gave us emotion. Uh, We're created in his image. And it's really encouraging to see the passion that you have, uh, not just for a ministry that you've given 20 plus years of your life to, uh, but, for the success of the person who comes behind you and to and the posture of humility to say, "I know this individual is going to go farther than I ever could have gone. Yeah. and uh, and I am going to cheer like crazy. And yeah. so that's, <laughs> that's, that's really, really cool, so yeah,
0: that is, yeah. That. yeah, and for for anybody who's listening who is interested in learning more or um, donating, supporting, um, New Life Solutions. You can go to newlifesolutions.org. It's an incredible ministry. And uh, I'll make sure to put that in the show notes so anybody can visit that. But Saul, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Truly enjoyed your time. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Bless you both.